anxious moments, trials hard to bear. Have faith in His promise unfailing. God will hear, He will answer your prayer. Faith in God can move a mighty mountain. Faith can calm the trouble. Got me? There we go. Okay, good. All right. <clears throat> good deal. Okay, now I'll tell you what. We are going to be using the screen, just so everybody knows. So if you're on the wings, you, you may have a difficult time seeing. <clears throat> and we're going to use those quite, quite a bit, actually. And uh, so... Oh, wow. Okay. So, any, oh, there we go. Vision Night 2017. So we're going to go ahead and get started tonight, and just uh, we're going to share the theme this year, and of course you see we're going to maintain the same one, and just add to your, no, I'm teasing, we're not going to do that. We're going to change the theme a little bit. We just left those up. We're not going to be putting up the new posters in here, and the reason we're not is because, you know, Lord willing, we'll be in our new building here in the next three or four weeks, and so we, uh, there's no reason to get posters that small. 
They won't even show up on our walls in there, okay? It'll look like you got a little bit of, you know, a, uh, as they used to have one of those little 5x7s versus a 10x13 shot, you know, that kind of thing. So we'll have to buy bigger banners, you know, for the one there. So we're not going to waste the money putting a few of them here. So anyway, that isn't our theme this year. we got a new theme, and we'll talk a little bit about that as we move along. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll take that journey. Father, we come to you. Thank you, Father, for just the privilege that we have together tonight. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for the year that we had last year. And Lord, just for, Father, the many uh, families that joined with us. Father, just for the, the victories that we saw, souls being saved and baptisms. And Lord, just uh, the, the outreach that took place in our ministry last year. We thank you, Father, for our Sunday schools, our bus ministry, Lord, our nurseries and the cleaning crews. Lord, we thank you, Father, for just all the ministry, whether it be nursing homes or uh, just uh, whatever ministry it would be, discipleship, all the things that we've done through this last year, reaching out to people, trying to make a difference and impacting our culture and impacting the cause of Christ. Lord, a new year has dawned. And Father, the truth is, is that we can't rest on our past. We have to, Father, take steps forward. And so, Father, tonight we're asking, Lord, that you would meet with us, that, Father, you would speak to us, that, Lord, Father, we would be prepared and encouraged and ready to take those steps forward and be fired up about it and or just anxious for what you have in store for us. Thank you for your people. Bless us tonight. Well, thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> I have no idea why Big Clock's telling me it's 0623. Anybody tell me why 06 is on there? Alarm? No, I don't do any of that. Boy, I'll tell you what, I don't know how to use these things. It's in China? Yeah, it looks like it must be... Must be, it's not military time because it should be 1823 if that was the case. So anyway, <clears throat> oh, well, I guess it's operator, operator uh, headspace or something they call it, right? Either way, I can, what's that? Oh, I thought somebody said something in the very back that would know something. Uh, like Brother Kavanaugh, he's the only one that I know of that knows how to fix all these things. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, consider a couple things tonight. Our vision night tonight. <clears throat> First of all, we're at the beginning of a new era again, 2017, but it's not just a new year for us. It's really, we're at the precipice of a very, very new era, a change in our ministry completely. And obviously, as you well know, uh, a location change and where we're headed will make a big difference in our ministry on a number of fronts. And so, you know, this is kind of a new era for our church. You know, we've been ministering and functioning and operating here on this side of town. We're going to be moving just three miles, actually, the other direction. But it puts us in a, a wonderful location. It puts us in a very central location to minister. First of all, uh, it seems that this side of town, you're almost closed off to, like, the Fairlawn side. But from that location where we'll be, honestly, it doesn't seem as far away. And things just have come closer to us and will give us opportunity to reach out in a much different way uh, along the way, as well as continue in some of the areas that we are uh, already functioning. So the beginning of a new era and occupying our new building is somewhat of a restart in a sense. And, uh, you know, we've been sitting on the runway anxiously waiting takeoff for three and a half years now. And now it's time to kind of buckle the seat belt and, you know, take our seats, get ready for flight. It's, it's time to get ready to go, you know. And so we're ready to take off here, and we're very, very close to doing so in that regard. Now, listen, we've been, we've been functioning, and we've been uh, doing the ministry. Yes, indeed, we have. But can I tell you the honest truth? As a pastor, as I kind of look over the crowd, as I consider the involvement even, I feel as though sometimes folks have gotten the idea that we've been in kind of a uh, holding pattern. 
Kind of like, well, this was just kind of coasting while we can get to our new place and actually get started having church again. Now, most of the people know, but I have felt that along the way. And so I want you to understand that we are, I feel as though this is almost like a kickstart. This is almost like we're ready to, once again, completely engage and move forward. And I believe that it'll help people emotionally and mentally to identify with the ministry and to move forward in that capacity. Now, uh, there's going to be a lot of work to be done, as you all well know. But it's almost like a new beginning. Now, every new beginning presents a new challenge. In 1994, of course, we began in one room at the Senior Center. And, of course, there was a big challenge there. And uh, uh, that challenge uh, would cover the course of six years. And we'd be in that location, not just in that one room, but ultimately in the the building beside it here up top. We would ultimately occupy that building. Uh, We'd actually occupy places behind the building even. But uh, we we functioned, started there in that one room there in 1994. And so it presented a, a challenge. And then in 2000, we were blessed with a building, and we, in 2000, we noted that God began to work again, and there was a new challenge. I mean, a brand new challenge, a big challenge. I mean, we had an auditorium that was good size. We had a church building, finally, that was a decent, you know, number of classrooms, and boy, I'll tell you what, we had a big job on our hands. <clears throat> so in 2000, 17 years ago now, almost 17, it'll be 17 in April, the first week of April, uh, that challenge began. And now... Um, this year, again, everything, everything new or every new thing begins uh, and presents a, a new challenge. And again, I had no better picture, to be frank with you. I had a bunch of pictures I took. I can't find them on my computer. So I have an old one there. There it is. We have our new building now. And of course, uh, the new building, uh, as we move forward, presents a new challenge. And you say, well, what are those challenges? What is that challenge? Listen, I want you to know that basically, in every case, the challenge was exactly the same. In 1994, 2000, and now 2017, the challenge has always been the same. Fill it up. That's the challenge. I didn't go into the senior center thinking that, well, hopefully we, one day we can just, you know, 30 years from now, we'll just have, you know, 15, you know, 12 people, and praise God, it'll be a wonderful thing. No, we're going to fill this up. God gave us this one room to fill up. And then ultimately God opened up the door to the senior center, and God gave us the senior center to fill up. And God gave us a bus to fill up. And then God gave us a second bus to fill up. And then God ultimately said, you know what? You filled this all up. There's nowhere else to go. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you another place to fill up. And so then in 2000, I remember standing at every corner of the building and praying, God, fill it up. God, fill it up. God, fill it up. And God filled it up. And now here we are. A new challenge. But the challenge is always the same. Fill it up. We're not, going to the, we're not going over to the new building so that we can simply be comfortable. We're going over there because God wants us to fill it up. That's the challenge. And someone says, I don't want to fill it up. I'm afraid if we fill it up, we'll lose our family feel. We'll lose our close-knit home. We'll, we'll, we'll be so out of touch with one another. Wait, you know what? A big, let me tell you how to stay in touch. Stay involved. Plug in and get involved. You won't ever feel like an outsider if you're on the inside. You'll never feel that way. Stay plugged in. Stay faithful. Stay consistent. Stay involved. But the goal is to fill up. Listen, there are how many souls out there that are dying and going to hell? Certainly no less probably than there were. There are more people being born than dying, actually. 
So there are more souls going to hell today than there were just a few days ago. All I'm saying is, is that we've got to reach these people. God's not putting us up there so that we can maintain. God's putting us up there so that we can take ground. Fill it up. That's the challenge. What's the key to overcoming any challenge? Prayer is. Prayer is the key to overcoming any challenge. That's a reality. Whether it was in 1994 when we first began the church, or whether it was in 2000, or even in now 2017, the reality is if we're going to fulfill or meet the challenge, if we're going to accomplish the goal, and, the desi- and someone says, well, what's the goal? Fill it up. Fill it up. Someone says, I don't believe that's a biblical goal. Well, I don't know, 3,000 were saved in one day, and it seemed like the church of Jerusalem continued to grow, and God wanted it to grow so they could reach out and reach the world. He said, now fill it up with my, my name. Fill it up with my, my praise. Fill it up with my gospel. Make sure everybody in the world knows it. Take the gospel to every creature. Fill the world with my name and my gospel. <clears throat> he said, fill it up. And someone says, well, that's just all about numbers. Well, I don't know. All I know is this. You want to break down numbers? Let's just talk about souls for a minute. I think every soul is a number in a sense. I'm just one in this church, you'd say. Well, guess what? You're one in this church. That means we're numbers. We're people, but we represent numbers. I'd say there were 200 people in the auditorium tonight. You'd say, well, that's, that's numbers. Absolutely, but those are people. Represent souls. We've got to fill it up. Fill it up. And you know how you do that? Through prayer. We're going to have to pray. From the beginning, the ministry's been one of miracles, and there's no doubt about that. You know, we've watched as God moved in miraculous ways, and He did that all as a result of prayer. <clears throat> God's always blessed the ministry as a result of prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3, we started the ministry. It says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And again, it's the verse that started things off. It kicked things off. Obviously, uh, we have Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 3, that I've incorporated and included as well early on in the ministry. But this would be the, the very first verse that came to my heart, that came to my mind as we began in 1994, before the doors were ever opened. That verse is what rang true as the key to success, and God used it in a mighty way in our ministry. We want to fill the building up. It's going to only come by way of God and through prayer. That's all there is to it. We can have the best programs. We can have the best um, uh, structure. We can have all the paperwork and all the computer-generated forms we want. But the reality is, is unless we get on our knees, unless we get a hold of God, nothing's going to happen. It's not going to happen. So with this new beginning, I felt it was important that we get back to our roots. That we once again are reminded about how it all kicked off, how it all began, how we met the first challenge to fill up the senior center, how we met the second challenge to fill up the buildings and the parking lot up top. And I believe that's the only way it's going to happen in 2017. So therefore, our theme this year is call unto me. That's our theme. We need to call unto him. We've got to call unto Him. He's the only way to get the job done. I want you to consider Moses in chapter 33, verses 32 and 33. And again, we don't need to turn there, but Moses, he ascends up into the mount. And of course, he's gone for quite some time. The people grow impatient, very impatient. They're so impatient that ultimately Aaron calls to them and says, bring your gold to me. It's amazing. You know, these, 
Baptists in the wilderness have actually have gold. Now, they weren't called Baptists. That's why they had gold, probably. But anyway, they, they had their gold, and they, they took their gold, and Aaron had them throw it into the fire and molten it down and melt it down. And, of course, we know from that fire just popped out a golden calf. At least that's what he told Moses, right? We know that wasn't the case at all, was it? Nonetheless, they begin to worship that calf and they begin to indulge and in, in, involve themselves in idolatry and some other horrible sins. Moses comes down out of the mount. And of course, you see him here. He's holding up those commandments, you know. He's getting ready to crash them down, you know. The people, again, in a mess. And so, God's angry. And Moses, of course, gives them an ultimatum. He tells them, who's on the Lord's side? Who's on the Lord's side? I come down out of the mount. I've been up there meeting with God. I've been receiving the law. Question, who's on the Lord's side? So there were some that gathered together. Before it was over, though, they send out those that had gathered, Levites, and they send them forth with swords. And they kill 3,000. 3,000. 3,000 people die before the hand of God has stayed, before the, 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 the slaughter is completed. It's interesting that the law, the inception of the law brought death. It's really also equally interesting that the inception of grace brought life. Look, if you will, to the board here, it says Acts 2.41, Then they that gladly received His word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Again, the church is empowered here on the day of Pentecost. Kind of kicks off what we would understand to be New Testament Christianity the way we would understand it. Some would say, well, the church began with Christ. I'm not going to debate that. I don't want to argue with you. It absolutely did, but it was certainly empowered on the day of Pentecost. The fact is, is that <clears throat> there were added that day 3,000 souls. So we have the law brings death. We have the grace brings life. I'm glad that I live in this dispensation. I'm glad I live in this time rather than that one. So anyway, we have these folks that pass away. They die. Moses cries out to God for mercy, and he drives out for forgiveness on behalf of the people. And God um, basically says to Moses, uh, all right, I'll still make good on my promise. I'm still going to allow you to go to the promised land. I'm still going to permit the people of God to occupy the land. But I want you to understand that I'm going to send my angel before you. Well, we know that the Lord had been leading. We know the Lord had been guiding. But now he says, I'm going to send my angel. And boy, I'll tell you what, that didn't sit well with Moses. Take your Bible, turn over to the book of Exodus. Go to Exodus chapter 33. Let's, oh, excuse me, Exodus 32, 31 and 32. 
In Exodus chapter 32, 31 and 32, it says, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me. I pray thee out of thy book which thou hast written. Moses stands between them and the Lord, and Moses tries to encourage them. But then we find here that uh, along the way that, again, he says, I'll go before you. I'm going to go ahead and send my angel, though, this time instead of myself. Verse 14 of chapter 33 now. Notice the Lord says, My presence shall not go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Excuse me, my presence shall go with thee. Now what he's saying is, is, excuse me, here he says, I'm going to send my angel with you. Moses says, listen, Lord, I'm not happy with your angel. I don't want the angel going forward. I want you to go forward. I want you to go before us. So finally, the Lord says, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll go. And so, if thy presence go not with me, he says later, I'll not go up hence. Notice what he says here in verse 15. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. So Moses says, Okay, you say you're going to go, but I want you to know now, if you try to switch it on us, you go and send the angel. I'm not going. We're not going forward that way. Moses says, Listen, if thy presence go not up with me, carry us not up fence. I, I like that. I don't want to go up there. I will not take the land. I don't want to move forward. I don't want to proceed except you go before us. Except you carry us up hence. Lord, I want you to be the one out front. I want you to be the one pointing the direction and ultimately leading us. I don't want some substitute and I don't want to be the one out front. I want you to be the one out front. That's what he's saying. And I, I tell you what, I don't know about you. But I got no desire to go up. I have no desire to leave this place. I have no desire to occupy a new building. I have no desire to start a new era. I have no desire to be, have a new beginning. Except he go up before us. Amen. That's all there is to it. And that necessitates prayer. A new beginning demands a renewed determination and devotion to prayer. I believe that as a ministry, and we tried to work on this a little bit last year, but honestly, we really have to make prayer a priority in our ministry again. It really has to be a greater priority. But not just in our ministry, but it has to be a greater priority in the lives of the people of God. I mean, if I could ask you today, what's the last prayer that you know without a doubt was answered by God that could have only been God? I mean, something that had to be God. Not something you didn't pray about and it just happened. You went, oh, God must have done that. I'm talking about you could say, you know what? I prayed for this for three weeks. I prayed for this for six months. I prayed for this for one year. And this is what happened. God did a miracle. I know it had to be God. It couldn't be coincidence. God answered my prayer. Those are the kind of things that need to happen consistently and regularly in our lives as believers. And that's what we need to see happen at Community Baptist Temple, and ultimately in our ministry, if we want to see God fill it up. He's got to go up before us, and so we're going to have to pray His presence. We're going to have to pray His power. That's all there is to it. It's that simple. 
It's not enough to simply have a Sunday school. It's not going to be enough to have adult ministries. It's not going to be enough to have a bus ministry. It's not enough to have nursing home ministry. Man, we can have ministry after ministry after ministry. We can seek to meet need after need after need. But this, we live in a day and we live in a generation where only the supernatural power of God is able to accomplish what needs to be done. I'm telling you, hearts are not probably... I'm not convinced hearts are any harder than they've ever been. What I do believe is our hearts are harder than they've ever been in, in Christianity. I believe we are so so cluttered with the world and we are so distracted by the things of this world that so many times we spend so little time alone with God and in the presence of God and then we wonder why we have no power with God. I'm telling you that as a people of God, we've got to quit just going to church. We need to meet with God every day in our own pres- in the presence of God on our own. We have got to be able to get a hold of God because there's going to be aspects of the ministry that only you will know about. In your own Sunday school class, there are children, there are people that need help. There are going to be other children that need to come. Listen, it's time that we realize that this world is not my home. I am just a passing through. Man, our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I was encouraged by one of the men in our church came to me and said that he's received, you know, some advice from his family about, you know, not being at church so much and not being so involved and not being so invested. He said, but I'm going to keep at it. You know what the problem is? They're worldly minded. You know what he is? Heavenly minded. Because see, you know what? It makes no sense to invest in a ministry with your time, your talents, or any other aspect if this is all there is. Makes no sense. But because there is an eternity, it's well worth the investment. We can't help but do it. We must do it. So a new beginning demands a renewed determination devotion to prayer. Not just in your life, but in my life and in our ministry. How dependent upon God we are is proportionate to the amount of time and effort we spend praying. Again, let's consider that statement that I put. How dependent upon God we are is proportionate to the amount of time and effort we spend praying. I guess what I wanted us to understand, what I want to get across is this. If we spend little time praying, we really are very little dependent on Him. We spend much time praying, then we're saying we're extremely dependent upon Him. That's a reality today. I want you to ask yourself, how much time do I really pray? Because that'll tell you how dependent you are on Him. And if you say, boy, I pray a lot and I'm working to pray more and I recognize the need to get in the presence of God. And man, I mean to tell you, I am spending time with doing my best, always feel like, you know, just taking time away to get with the Lord. Man, that's good. That's saying you're dependent upon him. Did you recognize a need for his presence, his power in your life? When life gets to be more than you can stand, kneel. I don't know where I saw that, but somebody gave me something and I put it on my, uh, my, um, uh, one of my dresser or something in my office or something. And, and it just stuck with me. When life gets to be more than you can stand, Kneel. That's pretty good, isn't it? By the way, when's the last time life got to be more than you could stand? You want to know why we struggle to get with God? Because we're never there. 
You know, it used to be people didn't have enough food to eat, so guess what? They had to beg food from God. They had to depend on God. They had to kneel because there was no way they could stand. They couldn't take it anymore. The kids wouldn't eat. The family wouldn't have food. They wouldn't have a roof over their head. They had to have God supernaturally intervene. Well, we live in an America that has systematically stripped us of faith. It's very hard to live by faith today in the world we live in. I mean, think about it. If you don't have food, you go to the government and you get food stamps. You don't have enough money to get a place and you're going to be out on the street, you go down to the welfare department you get a house. I'm not trying to be critical of things. I know there's needs and sometimes you have to have help and there's nothing wrong with that. I understand you pay our taxes and I'm not necessarily like some people. I I don't believe that Christians that pay taxes should never take part in some of the programs that the government offers. I don't necessarily believe that that shows a lack of faith because you use programs you pay for. I don't know that it does that. I've had some people say, I'll never take this because it says that I don't have any faith. I'm not trusting God, I'm trusting man. I don't know, last time I paid for a meal, I expected to get one. So there are some aspects of that, I don't know it's a problem. But let me tell you this, when we don't have to worry about where our next meal will come from, we don't have to worry about whether we have a roof overhead, we don't have to worry about whether we got clothes on our back, we don't have to worry about, it's hard to live by faith sometimes. I'm just saying, we have to make sure that we don't lose perspective and we don't lose sight of who's providing and who's the one that's making it happen. And that is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And may I say that we cannot abandon the one way that we reach Him and get a hold of Him, and that is prayer. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Forgot to change the E on that one. Call unto me and I will shew thee great and, uh, and, uh, and I will answer thee and shew thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. First of all, we have call unto me. See, we are commanded to call, aren't we? We're commanded to call. We really aren't, don't have a choice in it. God wants to hear from his children. And he has every right to hear from his children. He ought to hear from us on a consistent, regular basis. There ought to be a time and a place when you meet with God. And you ought, it ought to be concrete. And then obviously along the way in life, there ought to be just those times as you're moving along. You're on a lunch break or you're on a, a break at work or possibly you're on your way traveling down the road and you're just thinking about the Lord. You're thinking about a situation. You're taking it to the Lord. We ought to be in a constant state of communication. What's the Bible say? Pray without ceasing. Doesn't mean you have to have your eyes closed, your hands folded the whole time. But I'm going to say this. Do not believe for a minute that your time with God is spent on your way to work in the car. Let's not, let's not pretend this, okay? Let's stop, let's stop with the self-righteous attitude of, well, I pray. I'm, I pray every morning on the way to work while I drive in the midst of traffic and... Come on, would you wake up a minute? Let me ask you something. If that was the only time you could spend with your wife is on the way to work, in your car every day, communicating while the people... Whoa, whoa, what's that guy turning in front of me? Wait a second, hold on. Man, I just lost control of my car on that ice. Oh yeah, that's real good quality communication and time. 
your wife would be like, hey, this ain't getting it. I appreciate it, but you know what? I mean, I think I would feel better if we took more than 10 minutes to work or 15 minutes to work talking. I'd like to get with you where it's just me and you. It's a little bit more secluded, a little bit quieter. There's nothing to distract us. There's no signs along the way. There's no people walking down the road. There's no horns being blown. There's no traffic in the midst of the mess that we're in. No, I want your full attention. And may I say God wants it too. See, that's not prayer in the sense of communion and fellowship with God the way it ought to be. You need at least one time a day, minimum, that you meet with God in a very intimate place, a closed place. And by the way, I'm just going to tell you the truth. You take this right here, that thing you gave me, it is a curse, a curse, a curse in so many ways. You don't get away from the world with this on. You better shut it off, take it off. You better get rid of the phone. You better turn the phone off or you better turn it down to where you can't hear it buzz, even if it's in another room, because I promise you it will distract you from your intimacy and your closeness with God. We are commanded to pray. It's not just a matter of, I would like you to pray. No, call unto me. Listen, you want God to do things in your life, in your marriage, in your family, you better call unto him. That's all there is to it. Get rid of the distractions. Take some time. I don't care if it's 10 minutes to start with. Take 10 minutes and shut everything down. Shut everything. If you got to get up at four in the morning and pray before anybody gets there and then go back to bed for an hour, you do it. But listen, get with God without distraction. Man, you will never, never meet with God in this hectic, crazy world we live in with all this connectivity that we have. Can you imagine me trying to talk? Honey, I want to get a serious conversation with you. But I want to include my friend, my son, and they're, they're going to sit in the room with us. So now let's discuss this very intimate issue. Let's get alone with together. But there's three other people in the room with us. You'd say that's ludicrous. That's stupid. You can't get very intimate. You can't be very close. You can't really talk about things that are just between the two of you. When you've got three other people in the room, uh, there they are. Right there, the phone and this. Man, I'll tell you what, it messed. My wife's phone's going off constantly. There are times I want to just step on it. I do. Facebook things and all this. I don't have that Facebook junk. By the way, you know what? If you want me to know something, why don't you call me? You call me. Why don't you get a hold of the church or get a hold of me or something? Don't, don't Facebook and expect me to know something. Don't expect my wife to relay messages. Would somebody please call me and talk to me? I don't have a problem with something. But people act like I know things. Well, preacher, you know that this... No, I don't know. I had no idea. I don't get on Facebook, and I don't have Snapchat, and I don't have all that stuff. You know what I am? Old-fashioned. I don't like being distracted all the time, and I don't like people in my ear. I don't want you to have access to me 24 hours a day. I don't want to be at your beckoning call like that. If it's an emergency, I'll be there, but I don't need to know what you had for dinner. That's the last thing I could care less. I don't care about your dinner. The only dinner I care about is mine. What are we having? (laughs) She don't even know. See, (laughs) she'll have to Snapchat me later or something. I don't know. (laughs) Call unto me, and I will answer thee. We are convinced. Hey, we know the word of God. We know that it's true, don't we? Man, I mean, we've lived our lives. How many of us have watched God answer prayer over and over again, experienced it firsthand? 
We know God can answer prayer. We're convinced of it. He said, I will answer thee. You know, God always keeps His promises. He says He's not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness. He keeps His promises. Man, you can know that if you call on Him, He will answer. And He goes on to say, and I will shew thee great and mighty things. He said, I'll show you some great and mighty things. Man, we are captivated as we watch God work and move in a mighty way. It's amazing what God can do. Great and mighty things. It's just, I mean, not just normal things. Great and mighty things. You know, it's amazing how many times we don't give God the credit He deserves. We act as though there are things that are impossible for Him. We won't say that out loud, but we feel that. We'll pray about something, but we'll think to ourselves, well, there's some things probably not even worth praying. He's never going to get saved, and they're never going to turn away from their liberal ways. They're never going to become fundamental Baptists. They're never going to really take the Word of God and make it clear and real in their life. They're never going to take that next step in their faith. Man, I led that person to Christ, but they're never going to come to church. I'll show thee great and mighty things. Well, you mean somebody gets saved coming to church is a mighty thing? That should be pretty normal. It should be. I'm saying there's no, nothing too great, nothing too big. So it, it's captivate. It captivates us to think as we watch God do these things. But wait, he goes on to say not only that, but things which thou knowest not. You can't even wrap your mind around what God can do. I can't even fathom what God's capable of. I mean, I'm confounded as I watch what God has done through the years at Community Baptist Temple. I'm confounded as I think about the ways He's met my need physically, financially, how He's met the needs of my family. I can't even believe what God has done through the years. Not only am I confounded, but I mean captivated, but I'm confounded by that. Can't even believe it. Can't even believe it. Call unto me. And that's what it's about. We are entering the dawn of a new era in our church history. And there is no limit to what God can do with us as a church as long as we call unto Him. Amen. <clears throat> what do you want for your children? You know, when we started the church 23 years ago, I guess now, it'll be 23 years in March. I wanted a place where my children could grow up and know that God was real. I mean, I wanted them to see the best of what faith was and what Christianity was. I wanted them to be in a ministry that was thriving, in a ministry that was growing, in a ministry that they could look at and say, wait, it still works today. Because see, when I started Community Baptist Temple out of that out of the little one room, when we made our way there and, I, and the Lord began to speak, I told, I remember telling uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Cummins, I remember telling him, I said, Preacher, I said, I believe the Lord's called me to preach. Now, I wasn't going to school there at the time, but he had gotten a hold of me. We'd talk from time to time. And I said, listen, I am convinced God wants me to prove that it still works today. That was in 1994. Because you know what they were saying in 1994? Doesn't work like it used to. It's not like it used to be. You know what they're still saying? Can't work today like it used to work. It's different. I'm going to tell you what, it still can happen. It can still work today. I don't care what the culture is. I don't care how things have changed. It still works. Why? Because he's still God and he's able to do big things. So guess what we ought to do? Think big. Think big. Don't limit ourselves. Don't limit yourselves. Young people, let me tell you something. Don't limit yourself. You got dreams? Dream big. Don't dream little. Dream big. And then shoot for them. Do what it takes to reach your dreams. 
And again, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to disregard what God's telling you. You better make sure it's God giving you the vision and God providing you with that, 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 that look, that outlook. But man, I'll tell you what, God puts something on your heart, you dream big. And listen, why settle for a church of a hundred if God's called you to pastor when you could pray for a thousand or ten thousand? Why? Why would you settle for that? Well, Lord, if you'll just give me 50 people. What? You can build a bus route bigger than that. Why you'll start a church? Just stay here and build a bus route. What are we talking about? Dream big. Dream big. You say, what if I don't reach the goal? What if I never obtain it? So what? You're never going to get anywhere if you don't dream. And then put feet to that dream. Let God work in your life. What do you want? Man, I don't know if I was you, I'd be dreaming for a beautiful wife. Wonderful family. Great ministry. Used of God in a mighty way. And I'd be dreaming big. Why not? What's it hurt? Someone says, well, we shouldn't be focused on things like, what are you talking about? What, Abraham? As the stars of the heavens are, so will your offspring be. That's a pretty big dream. Pretty big dream. I, I, like, I like dreams like that, don't you? And young people, you need to have some big dreams. Think big. If you're a Sunday school teacher, think big. Let's not just think about maintaining our classrooms this year as we move into the new... Let's think about growing those classrooms. Let's think about reaching more people. Let's think about impacting lives. You know what? You know what? One day when your body lays in a casket, where Mr. Blacks did right over there the other day, you want people to walk by your casket and say things like this. You know what? It was because of him I got saved. It's because of her my life was changed. God used her in my life to make a difference. She impacted me. He impacted my life. That's the legacy we want to leave. I'm amazed sometimes at some of the young men that come around and they'll say, hey, where's your dad at? And I'm like, my dad? Yeah, where's your dad at? I'm like, well, he should be around here somewhere. I just want to see him again. I still remember in his class, it's been years ago now, in his class, I remember him telling me this. I remember him doing this, and I think, wow, he made a difference in their life. Oh, they may not have all turned out the best, but boy, I'll tell you what, he, he left a mark in their life. And may I say there's not a Sunday school teacher in this room that hasn't impacted a life, that hasn't infected one of these kids in some very, very tangible way. Listen, put yourself in a place to do something big on behalf of God. Must have died out on me here. Well, it's still working. Can you hit me another one, guys, back here? Because this ain't working up here. There we go. So may God help each of us to call upon or call unto him in 2017 so that we can hear him say, well done. Let's face it. This is a prelude to heaven. I'm coming, as as I get a little older, I'm more and more aware of the fact that this is the smoke and mirrors. That's the reality. This isn't the real thing. It's just a simple proving ground. The reality is eternity. It's forever. This is just here and gone tomorrow. What is 6,000 years of earth's history in light of eternity? What is it? You say, well, I believe the earth's at least 10,000 years old. Okay, what's 10,000 years in light of eternity? 
Nothing. What's he call it? A vapor. That's what our lives are. How substantial is a vapor? Listen, live your life for tomorrow. Do not live it for today. Every decision you make, you make it in light of eternity. You will never regret that decision. Before you decide to go off on your own and choose your own path in life, young men, think about this is only for a moment. Eternity is forever. I better make sure that whatever decision I make, it bodes well in eternity. Because that's where the greatest impact will be made. And it's true with all of us in this life. It's true with all of us. The judgment seat of Christ. That's where it all ends up and that's where it all leads. So we have a lot of big things coming up this year. A lot of stuff taking place. And our theme song this year is, of course, Call Unto Me. And I'm going to ask Josh just to come up and sing it real quick. Jen, if you could play that. And, and listen, I, we came up with this theme. I came up with a theme late this year. So they didn't have much time to work on a, a song. Josh put a song together. And uh, so if, 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 and I don't think they will, but if they don't do it exactly right, that's my fault. I didn't give them much time to work on it. Matter of fact, they were finishing it up tonight. So here we go. I like the song, though. I really enjoy it. Go ahead and sing that for us, please. Thus saith the Lord, our Savior and friend. Thus saith the Lord, the beginning, the end. I am mighty, I am strong, in my arms my children belong, call unto me, I'll open the door, call unto me, I've been there before, I am mighty, I am strong. Call unto me, call unto me. Okay, let's do that again. Would you do that one more? Oh, was, was I on during that song? Oh, okay, go ahead. I was singing a little part there. Oh, wow. What a great song and a great chorus. Thus saith the Lord, our Savior and friend. Thus saith the Lord, the beginning, the end. I am mighty, I am strong, in my arms my children belong. Call unto me, I'll open the door, call unto me, I've been there before. I am mighty, I am strong, call unto me. Call unto me. Isn't that good? I'll tell you what, let's all sing that together one time through now that you've heard it a couple times. Here we go. Ready? I might throw a part in on that. Ready? Just right where you're at, okay? Thus saith the Lord, our Savior and friend. Thus saith the Lord, the beginning, the end. I am mighty. I am strong, in my arms my children belong.
call unto me, I'll open the door. Call unto me, I've been there before. I am mighty, I am strong. Call unto me, call unto me. Isn't that good? I'm going to tell you something. Thank you, Joshua. We really need to call on the Lord this year. There is so much to be done. You know, as difficult as the demoing was and the, as difficult as this renovation's been, I promise you this. The real work is only beginning. The real work's beginning now. And I want to encourage you to begin to pray now and ask the Lord to give us wisdom as we move forward that we will make the right choices and decisions as we move forward as far as leadership, that we make the right decisions as far as structure, that we put in place what's necessary and needful to accomplish what God's called us to do. Amen. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I am excited today because I look forward to the challenge of filling it up. I do. Now, I don't know. Listen, things didn't happen at Community Baptist Temple by chance. What I mean by that is, We've got to have a vision of what God can and will do. Well, every time I walk into the building, I see probably what others don't. I see a building filled. Amen. I don't see a piddly Wednesday night crowd staggering in 15 minutes after we start. Listen to me. I see a service thriving. I see a song director leading a song and a great army lifting their voice, praising God on a Wednesday night. I see us already saying, boy, this place is filling. We're going to have to do something about it. It's becoming a problem. See, I already see that. Now, someone says, well, that may not happen like you think. It may not. But boy, I'll tell you what, that shouldn't be our attitude. Our attitude ought to be with God's help. All things are possible. Amen. Man, let's just do our very best, fill with the Spirit of God to get her done. Well, I'll tell you what, God will do it again. He did it in 1994 through, 19, to, through 2000. As we took a one room and turned it into the whole place and had buses that we were meeting on, meeting, meeting classrooms were meeting on buses and classes were meeting in tents. He did it in 2000 again through these last years right on up to about the last three and a half years where we saw the parking lot so full, people were driving right on through. Big days where people were sitting tight and even leaving the choir up here and there because we needed more room in the seats. Hey, listen, that's what God can do again. Let's just ask God to do some great things. Call unto me. Let's make sure we include God, though. He's got to go before us, except he go up. I'd rather just stay. But I'm confident he wants to go up. And boy, I'll tell you what, I'm more than willing to follow, and I know you are too. So let's plan on a great 2017. Let's get behind the Lord, and let's just do a great work with God's help. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for just the privilege that we have. Lord, thank you for that simple theme this year, call unto me.